Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show with your hosts, Jesse McCullough and Nick Dorch. We will talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equip platform, and maybe de-stress and divert from the pharmacy conversation with occasional talk about nerdy passions and hobbies. Without further ado, here's Jesse and Nick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse McCullough, and today we're going to talk about something that I'm sure most of you think about when you think about Equip, and that is medication adherence. As always, joining me is uh, my co-host, Nick Dorich. Nick, how are you doing today, my friend? Just ready to talk about adherence. Um, I can give you a little bit of a teaser. This is not the first time that I will have talked about adherence in my role at PQS. <laughs> it's probably not the first time you've talked about it today either. That, <laughs> would, also, that would also be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we we'll probably won't have a whole lot of difficulty uh, filling a few minutes talking about adherence today. But uh, where do you think we should go first with uh, with, with this, Nick? Yeah, it's so to me, adherence is an interesting and, and perhaps tricky topic because I don't have to go that far back in time um, to identify a lot of kind of research, white papers, or uh, other, you know, just background to saying that the role of the pharmacist was focusing on improving medication adherence and that being, you know, the, the biggest benefit that pharmacists could have or contribute to the healthcare system and to improving patient care. Um, over time, we've seen that kind of somewhat change, and it's been a little bit more of a nuanced conversation, um, I think part because of uh, how widespread measurement is for adherence and how much that plays a part into patient care nowadays. Um, but I, I don't think the importance of pharmacists managing med- medication adherence, I don't think it's become less important. I just think, again, it's become um, more uh, in-depth, and it's been brought more and more to the forefront, so more people are understanding it it gets more attention and that can be both positive and negative. Yeah, I tell you, um, in a previous podcast, I shared uh, about training pharmacists to do MTM back in 2006. And uh, I remember at the time we used the word compliance, right? Uh, and that was one of the things that every pharmacist that, that I was training, like, we got to look at their compliance with their medication. Uh, and we use a, a, a fancier word today with, with, with adherence. Uh, but uh, it, 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 just goes to show it's a very important uh, topic to jump into. Uh, And it's one that pharmacists can absolutely impact, right? Yeah, I I would still say that pharmacists are the healthcare provider that have the most potential uh, impact for medication adherence. And when it comes to that, one of the critiques that we've seen, particularly in recent years, is that it's quote unquote, it's just adherence, um, and that adherence is somewhat blind to whether or not a patient is actually on the right medication or um, if their therapy is optimized. And I always find that kind of conversation or that discussion point interesting because in its own way, it's suggesting that pharmacists are dispensing medications that aren't optimized and that they're not considering those elements for the patient. And I would say I would wholeheartedly disagree with that. And that, you know, I, from my point of view, maybe I'm, you know, just trusting of, of pharmacists that are out there. But 
you know, that pharmacists, they are taking a, a, a serious consideration whenever they're dispensing a prescription that a patient is on the right therapy, that it's optimized, and that um, if it's not optimized, that they're going through the steps to review that with the patient or, or prescriber um, for those purposes. So that kind of little critique that always rubs me the wrong way, because it's, it's admitting there's a, an issue uh, with the measure, but also somewhat at the same time acknowledging that our pharmacists, that, that pharmacists are permitting that to continue, which I don't think that that really is the case. I don't think how, that's how things operate. And, um, you know, from, from that perspective, um, pharmacists continue to optimize therapy, uh, it, how it gets done in the process and in workflow, that's going to be different pharmacy to pharmacy and how they manage that. And that certainly has been changing and based on technology uh, and based on education for pharmacists. So, you know, Jess, I, I think for me, that's a bit of a soapbox that I've jumped on and planted my flag. But what are your thoughts on, on, on adherence and, you know, where we go from here? Well, just give me a second. Let me pull my soapbox out here. Because uh, uh, one, and I, I think this, this just gives a segue in, uh, uh, to the listener that shows uh, uh, that we, we very, while we very much try to structure these podcasts for you, uh, we do want it to be sort of free flowing and, and, and what we talk about here. And, uh, and so we didn't talk about this, but I think this potentially gives us a, a topic for a future podcast when we get together, uh, Nick. And uh, one of the things that I, I like to ask uh, groups of pharmacists about is what's your role? in the healthcare system. And the definition that I was given many, many years ago that has really, really stuck with me uh, is that uh, pharmacists monitor medication safety and efficacy throughout the drug delivery system. Uh, and that, uh, that definition has always resonated with me. Now, I would say this, I, I, I think at one point the pendulum was very much uh, more in the direction of medication safety, you know, and I think that especially in the community setting that we really get uh, tuned into uh, looking for drug allergies and drug interactions and all those different things that are going on. Um, and we're really, really good at that. But now that with the advent of, of some of these different performance measures, these quality measures, these adherence measures, that it's very much, it's pushing it more to that efficacy. And, um, you know, I, 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 to, to your comment, I don't think that there is any pharmacist that out, that's out there that's dispensing saying, I don't know if this is appropriate for this patient or not. No, I, I, I don't think that's happening. I think they're looking at it and sometimes they're like, I don't know what's going on here. I got to dig and get to the bottom of this. So, uh, you know, th th those are some of my, my thoughts, but I think it's really worth looking at, uh, you know, we, we need as, as a, as a industry and as a, as, as a group of professionals really, uh, making that, that, that claim for what our role is, uh, as pharmacists to the, to the healthcare system. Yeah. So when we look at, you know, and, and thinking, you know, about that going back into adherence measures and uh, back to my topic on optimization, is the patient on the right therapy? Is it the right dosing, et cetera, that goes into those parts? Um, you know, a lot of that does go into the, to the measures. So when we're talking about the measures, uh, the PD and with this, let's uh, be very specific. Uh, adherence, proportion of days covered as a measure, that is a measure that does take into account the class of therapy. So as there's dose changes, as a patient may switch, switch from a, um, like give, let's give a real example, you know, uh, Jess, where if a, if a patient switches from atorvastatin to simvastatin uh, because they were experiencing side effects and need a, a 
a medication that's perhaps less abrasive uh, you know, for them, that's accounted for uh, in the measures as long as it's covered in that class of therapy. Same thing if it's a change in dosing. So when, to me, that's another item where when somebody says, that, oh, well, this isn't taken into account of the measures, it's just whether or not they pick up the medications, that's, that's, actually, that's not inherently true um, either. And again, I point to that where as that patient's being appropriately managed and you know, that right therapy, that's going to be taking into consideration um, how, that's, uh, how that's evaluated. And to that end, um, it's an important part uh, for the patient that the pharmacist is reviewing and that they are counseling the, the patient in every one of those uh, situations. We're, we're not removing away from that. And, and even just one of the things I know when we talk internally with our team when we're going out to do a show uh, and talking with pharmacists, um, that's one of the things that we always talk about where, you know, there never should be a situation where as a pharmacist, you look and see an adherence score and you go right to the patient that we should always be checking a medication profile. We should always be checking kind of their full history. We're not making any of these decisions in silos when we're determining adherence or a next step. Yeah, I think that that's an important thing to, uh, to call out is just the robustness of the measure and their ability to be able to uh, account for those those ch or, or therapy change to, to, to your example the uh, the atorvastatin the simvastatin but uh, uh, I think those are those are key things to uh, to look at. Nick, we are recording this towards the end of the year. Um, and so at the end of the year, uh, adherence is of course a hot topic any time of year, but what can we look at here uh, as, as a measurement period comes to a close? Yeah, and um, I'll be somewhat direct on this topic as well, just that as we get towards the end of the year, we get a lot of pharmacists that say, well, how do 30-day fills versus 90-day fills impact me, my performance score? Does that help uh, performance score evaluations? And and from a numbers standpoint, right, when we are looking at adherence, it is a calculation that involves numbers. So um, does 90 days for a fill, does that help get more coverage throughout the course of the year? From a purely statistical standpoint, Jess, I think we can both, you know, pass some math classes where we say, yes, that would be the case. But you and I both know as pharmacists that um, when we are treating actual patients, that a lot can change in the care of the patient during a three-month period. There may be changes in dosing that they have for their medication. There may be changes in their comorbidities or disease state. Uh, there's a number of items that can be changed where um, I, this part I'm always very clear on to say, if we're talking 30-day fills versus 90-day fills, um, what's the benefit for the patient? Because ultimately, uh, we've looked into some of this, and it's been an item where I know I've talked with, with Peter, our data scientist who we introduced previously, to say, you know, when we're looking at 90 day fills, does that patients that use 90 day fills, are those patients always adhering? And the answer is no. We do find patients where they may be initiated or started a 90 day fill, but if there is a change in therapy or any other number of variables that get introduced, what has been removed from the situation or what has been removed from that patient's care? It's the frequency of contact with their pharmacist and their care provider. So utilizing 90 day fills, while that can be positive for adherence scoring, that also naturally reduces touch points with providers, which can also have a detrimental effect to patient care. 
Yeah, that's uh, that, that's an interesting topic, and I will agree with you. Although I, I I cannot brag that I made it through some of these math classes with flying colors, I did make it. I did make it through, uh, and I've I've done the math. Yeah, when you when you when you look at that, uh, ninety day fills do help uh, a, a patient look more adherent mathematically. Um, but to your point, it's not always the right solution. Uh, you know, I think of it uh, a little bit as. Uh, uh, you know, learning to ride a bike, right? You help you help a patient, uh, you, you know, get on the right therapy, and then at some point, then it, it becomes very appropriate to transition to, to that. The same way that if you're helping a child to learn how to ride a bicycle, you, at some point you'll take the training wheels off. Uh, it's not necessarily. Um, uh, it's 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 not necessarily you know you just immediately put somebody on on a bike with with no training wheels. So I think those are uh, some of the things that we need uh, uh, to, to to keep in mind. Um, at the end of the year, though, Nick, I I, I want to come back to this. How do we follow up with those those specifically those non-adherent patients? What should we be doing at the end of the year just uh, to, to make sure that we are getting ourselves in position to take the best care and position them for therapeutic success. Yeah, so this topic is one where we, we hear it year in and year out. How do we end the year? How do we start a new year to be most successful? And I would say that the tactic that we hear pretty consistently from pharmacists, um, and when we're looking just at the numbers, it makes sense. Um, where end of the year, they want to try to get as many patients to 80% as they possibly can. And again, um, that makes sense. Most programs have an end of year evaluation, so that matters. But uh, there is an aspect of that that can be where we can be missing the mark. And specifically, uh, this is where I do caution pharmacists in taking that type of um, tactic or strategy, because if we're only ever addressing patients that are close to 80%, um, we're going to be hitting a lot of cases, the same patients, and we're not hitting some of those patients that have lower performance scores. And the reality is that those patients are the ones that probably could benefit the most from an intervention with a patient uh, that may be more difficult to do, that may take multiple follow-ups, and that uh, may have some other intricacies to it. But um, to me, as a pharmacist, it's we, we got into this profession to help people um, particularly those that really do need most help with managing their care. So it's, it's important, um, you know, especially as we go from the end of 2019 to the end of 2020, the end of 2021, the patients that we, we want to be having those touch points with all of our patients, um, because ultimately if we're not uh, having those follow-ups with them, that patient's going to be in that same position again next year. Um, we want to make sure that we're, we're having a touch point, um, not just with those patients that are on a threshold, um, but uh, we want to make sure we're conducting those with with all of our patients. Yeah, I'm very much in the uh, of the mindset where a patient who is non-adherent, especially if they're consistently non-adherent for year after year after year, um, that there's probably a, a good reason for that. And I know, you know, one of the first things that comes to, to, to mind for a lot of folks is that it's probably cost-related, right? Uh, but I think we could uh, also look in the research points out that cost is a factor, but it's not the only factor, and it's most often not the top factor uh, that is uh, impacting patient adherence. Uh, so I think that there is something there that when we have a patient who is non-adherent and they're consistently non-adherent, that there's a lot of evidence that would suggest that perhaps this isn't the best course of therapy 
for the patient, right? And I think that that gives us a tremendous opportunity uh, to be looking at, um, especially as you go into a new measurement period. So for example, as you go into the new year, and uh, perhaps that's something we should look at uh, when we get together uh, you know, a couple of weeks down the road is look at some of those strategies um, to how do we start the year off right, especially you know, how, how do we try to correct and, and, and make some impact for those patients who are, are consistently not adhering. Yeah, it's got to be an item, and um, one the it's one one specific that we see uh, from pharmacies beginning of the year. Um, talking with pharmacists at the beginning of the year is that it's it's very difficult um, in terms of understanding. Well, yeah, patients may change insurance. What do we do? How do we work through some of these opportunities um, that are there from it? And my my conversation goes back to well, if a patient was not adherent last year and they finish that year not adherent, isn't that enough opportunity to start off having a conversation with them here at the beginning of the year? So there's already, it, it's almost a, uh, you know, it's very much a, a casual aha light bulb goes off where it's, you know, it, it's a new year, but it doesn't mean that, um, you know, things have really changed all that much. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that's actually one of Newton's laws, isn't it? That an object in motion will stay in motion uh, unless acted upon by an outside force. Uh, and so, you know, a non-adherent patient will remain a non-adherent patient unless acted upon by a pharmacist. I mean, that's the way I look at it, you, you know. Um, and uh, I, I throw that out there. And, I, and just as on, a, on a personal note, I really love looking at some of these laws and understanding this as a lawful process, meaning that this is the way it always works, like the law of gravity. It's one of my, I, I just like looking for those relationships. And I, I really think that this is, this is one of them that uh, the pharmacists are so well positioned to be able to uh, identify that and make a timely intervention for that. And we are really coming into that sweet spot, the end of one year, the beginning of the next uh, to be to be wrapping some stuff up, but then be able to set things up as you go into uh, into that new measurement period as you go into that new year. Yeah, I just I, I love you know you know as well as well as anyone else does that I, I love this topic on quality improvement. I know we've got a lot more to share about this, um, and that we're certainly going to be doing so. Um, I, I think here and usually you're the the one that gets to take this part, but. I think, uh, Jess, we're ready to bring you. I think we've covered this topic as well as we can in about a 20-minute time frame uh, window that's here. So if you want to bring us in for this one, I think we've given enough lead. And um, I think our listeners will be interested to learn a little bit more about law of process in a future oh. guest episode. We, I, I tell you, I, I, I just love the how, you know, as we talk these things, uh, each topic that we cover seems to uncover two or three more that we need to cover down the line. And that will be one of those things look at uh, as we go forward. Uh, and to your suggestion, Nick, I will, uh, I, I will take us home. Um, let me speak uh, directly to you, listener. I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Uh, Nick and I uh, very much appreciate uh, the opportunity that you give us uh, to, to, to have just a, a short bit of time to talk about some things uh, that are uh, of growing importance in the pharmacy industry. Um, so uh, I thank you so much for in investing your most valuable resource, your time uh, with us. I do have a couple of favors to ask. The first favor that I ask is that you share this podcast. If you could find a couple of people to share that with, that would be tremendous. And if they can find a couple of people to share that with, that makes it even more tremendous as we go forward. Um, 
Also want to encourage you to do this. Um, you know, wherever you found this podcast, want to encourage you to give us a subscribe. Uh, just uh, uh, click the subscribe button and then uh, our intent is to come at you at about a weekly cadence uh, to give you some different perspectives on uh, performance measures for you to be chewing on. Uh, and uh, that becomes a lot easier if you uh, click the subscribe button. Um, also, we want to hear from you. Um, we're, we're sure that uh, as you learn more about this, you're going to have questions that go off and, and you're not the only person that's going to have that question. And so we very much value your input uh, as we uh, form this show and as we get it uh, developed uh, over the next several months. So do not hesitate to uh, reach out to us with any questions that you have. Uh, you can email your questions to us at info at pharmacyquality.com. Again, that's info at pharmacyquality.com. Now, Nick and I come, come together here to talk with you about uh, the, the different things that are happening in pharmacy performance. We want to share our experiences and our perspectives with you uh, because we want to help you get better. Uh, because when you get better, your patients get better, that's going to be better for everyone. So until next time, we wish you well.